I listen to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast because Rod and Karen are hot. <laughs> hey, welcome to another episode of the Black Guy Who Tips podcast. I'm your host, Rod, joined as always by my co-host. Karen. And we're live on a Wednesday, ready to do some podcasting. Took yesterday off, but uh, you know, uh everything's fine, everything's good. Just uh gotta gotta rest, you know, working these these jobs out here in these streets. Mm-hmm. Um the official weapon of the show is the taser. An unofficial sport. Football. And bullet ball extreme, extreme, extreme. Um, let's see, I guess a little slice of New York um for me uh, i was walking to work today and uh the dog poop forecast it was calling for a lot of poop i don't know if uh it's just because it, everybody was stuck inside they just forgot how to okay and they dogs finally got outside and started moving around again i don't know or they just forgot how to pick up after they fucking dogs because uh yeah this shit was pretty ridiculous uh it was it was it was raining poops like cats and dogs out there. It was lots of poops all over the place. Um, yeah, I had to definitely watch my step. I tripped. I didn't trip in any poop, but I kind of like stumbled and twisted my ankle just a little bit. Not not, not oh, too much. You okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Not too much. Okay. It's just enough to like wake you up like a nice cup of coffee in the morning, you know? Just like, ah, oh, now I'm awake. <laughs> um, I'm still alive. Yeah, but that was really about it for uh, today's uh, stuff. I turned in my draft of uh, a deep dive that I'm working on. Uh, the deep dives are like the part of game theory where Bo talks sometimes at the end for like, sometimes it can be up to like 10 to 12 minutes of him breaking down just one subject. Uh, last year we wrote those mostly in pairs, but this year uh the writers are we like we've gotten our individual ones and then we go to the head writer with it and stuff like that and so i'm writing one and uh it was one of those things where like i said i forgot i was a bad bitch so first i was like oh my god how am i gonna write 12 minutes of shit (laughs) you know or eight eight to 12 minutes of stuff but once i started working on it and you know i kind of got i got it organized and then over the weekend i you know was like all right cool i think i know what i wanted how i want to do it on monday and uh turned it in on tuesday and you know i got my feedback today and uh you know they liked it um it's got to be organized a little bit differently but i expected that um because Mm -hmm. this time going through the process um and i truly look at it like a process um I <laughs> my 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 office mate kind of kind of laughs at me but you know cuz he cuz it's my mentality but I am like Idris Elba in uh Pacific Rim 1 when he said he goes right, into you have attachments right Yeah he said you go into the void you can't have no attachments and you nothing I go in with nothing like I'm like I I I don't turn in bullshit I write to to the best of my ability I think it's hot fire when I turn it in, I never expect them to just go, this is great, the end. Right, right. It's going to go through rounds, no matter how perfect you think it is, it's going. Go, it's rare that you get something that 
it doesn't go through at least a round or two. Exactly. Everything should go through the through rounds. And right. like I said, I only turned in one thing that got no notes. And then by the end of the week, it didn't even get on the air. And it had notes later in the week. Like it was impressive the first time they read it. But by the time they had different thoughts on a different day, it was right. uh, less it was it, it just it it didn't have something to them that it did have a t- couple days before part of that's the process right like mm-hmm. like we probably should have the demands change and you know what they thought they wanted one day they might not need or whatever the case may be yeah well and also more different stories are important in different ways and Correct. you know you get to sunday and it's like oh this story was hot shit on wednesday or thursday and by Sunday, you like this. This isn't even a story anyone cares about anymore. But right. but that was a great lesson for me because I was so proud of that. And then just kind of be shit beyond my control. It was like yeah, by by Sunday, it just they they or Saturday they weren't feeling it. So um, I just kind of learned from that. So I write shit to the best of my ability, but I don't expect that to mean much i i expect right them that bring their ideas plus everyone needs has a role in a job and you're just not gonna find people that um that that just get shit and go yeah whatever like like that then they would be terrible at their job so you know when you turn something into like the head writer they should have some ideas on how to make it better or else what the fuck Mm -hmm. do they do um, and I'm sure when, and then by the time, the other reason that it's, you know, that, that I don't get too attached to it is ultimately it's gotta be Bo's voice and Bo's belief systems and Bo's words and, and, and all that shit. So, uh, I, I think I know Bo's voice pretty well. I'm not Bo Monty. Right. and there's going to be things he thinks and says in a way that my brain just, I'm not going to get there because I'm not him. And and and, right. and you don't want to be too patronizing and write shit too much like this is a colloquialism you would use because he needs to feel that it's his and or else it just won't work. And so anyway, I turned it in. I was very proud of it. I got some good feedback. I think I can make it even better. Um, and that's just part of the process I learned last year. And I look forward to making it better. And, and honestly... Right. I'm turning this, this is about two months out from when it's going to air. So a lot of shit can change. Like anything, anything can happen. So I'm, I'm just like, it's, it's good work and it's good practice and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, so I'm, 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 you know, I, I turned that in and that was cool. Um, um, and so that, that's been straight, um, we had our first couple people that tested positive for COVID. It doesn't seem like it's spreading in the office or anything. Obviously, through the protocols, they send everybody, send people home, and right, we get tested every day we walk in and all this stuff. But it's about that time. I knew the holidays were coming. People were going to want to see their families. They were spending in the airports. People, yeah, the airport situation. People were going to um, – go home people were gonna go to parties people you know people invited me to to stuff um you know uh just because they knew i was in the city and and by myself and you know partially i'm just a loner and i'm okay with that but also partially you know out of out of safety i was like "Ah, i'm I'm not gonna risk anybody's safety i'm i'm gonna try my best to 
you know, I really buckled down. I think it's hard for people. It's so weird, right? Because everybody says the right things and they hear you talk about stuff and they hear you say, say how serious you are about not wanting to get mm-hmm. COVID. I don't want to spread it into mm-hmm. the office. I don't want to catch right. it myself. It's been X amount mm-hmm. of years. I still haven't caught it. Um, and yet at the same time, I think, you know, um, I don't know it's just social mores of like yeah well I got it I mean come on we gotta hang out and it's like no but not not really we don't you know I don't I don't really think we have to hang out (laughs) like maybe if when these numbers go down and we don't have to wear masks to work anymore or something um that might I might feel a little more comfortable because they're they're monitoring that stuff and they expect there to be a point probably in like March or something where we can actually relax somewhat but right now it's the highest it's been since last february i really don't think last february i was masked up in the office trying not to get covid you know my office mate got it and i didn't um and several other people did and i didn't so like i i don't know man i'm i hate to sound like a downer but you know people are like let's hang out and do shit and i'm like i don't think i'm going to honestly right and and truth be told um, I, I'm actually better than I was before because I was an extremist. <laughs> I was like, I'm not going nowhere. I'm not going to be around people. I was like, shut shit down, you know, and I had to learn how to relax a little bit and everybody's kind of picking and choosing. And I think with, and I will continue to say this, once people take their mask off, it's very, very hard to convince people that things aren't back to normal because people are human. No mask means everything's back to normal. Like a lot of people, they don't go through that transitional phase where they'll kind of test the water. They'll be like, well, fuck it. I ain't got no mask. I'm vaccinated. I'm boosted. Blah, 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 blah. And they go out in the world just thinking they're invincible. Then I'm like, oh, shit, I caught it. And I think for a lot of people, uh, it's easier said than done. Like you said, they can say the right things. But when it comes to implementing it and like being very disciplined and be like, no, I said what I said and I meant I'm not going out. And that's very hard for people to do. As the conditions change, I think those are the things I'm monitoring. Like, you know, we come in every day and we see on this whiteboard the number of people hospitalized per whatever, like the amount of positive tests, all that stuff. We see it every day we walk in. So. When it gets above a certain point, it's like, all right, y'all, we got to mask up. We got to social distance, blah, blah, blah. So, um, you know, but I, but at the same time, you knew this was going to happen. I'm not panicking. I'm not worried. In that way, I'm just going to stick to my discipline. Um, if I do see people, it'll probably be in, like, settings that are just not out and about, you know, like, oh, maybe I'll see you at your house or you can come by here or something like that. But I just don't think I'm going to be really kicking it. Um, but, but at least not for the, for a while, you know, but, but anyway, so that's, that's another thing. And then a, a total washed update, I um, changed my uh, Apple watch face. Uh, you can do it on the app on, on the, uh, phone and, uh, they mm-hmm. got some neat faces on there and I switched it to this one that, uh, is really cool where like it has a bunch of information on the front thing where you can see like the weather the wind the uh yes oh oh, oh, that's in one of the last updates for the phone i mean for the watch right i don't know if it's the last update it's just you can change you can always change faces you could have been you could do this at any point 
I mean, change faces, but I mean, some of the ones you watching might be on like the latest one. I don't know. No, mm -mm. this is. I think okay. this one been out for a while. I just haven't experimented. I got my watch and just kept that. Uh, kept the standard. face that the the African black, red, black, and green faces that that I like that came that match my my uh, band. But mm -hmm. then I I started experimenting and was like, oh yeah, let me see what else they got. And uh, yeah, I, it's a total washed update. I'm sure people already knew this shit or don't care. But uh, yeah, it was a big night for me last night. I was like, oh shit, you can put it, you can make it so you can just look at your phone to see the temperature, the wind the day of the week exercising uh the lunar stuff like there's a bunch of shit on here so i don't know that was a big day for me how about you <laughs> i think yeah and you i think you told me something about the update so i went on uh, youtube and was like youtube and like what was the big thing in the big update and they talked about like the faces mm -hmm. and all types of, you know, things that the watch, you know, can do. So I started kind of, you know, tinkling in, you know, in those various different uh, things. And so it's really, really um, neat. Like I would switch it around. Like I had one where it was set to photos, where we just rotate photos that I picked out of the photo album. Uh, I think I did. I, I did one with Minnie Mouse. Mm -hmm. But yeah, they have a bunch of them that's new and a bunch of them I didn't even think about using so yeah and sometimes it's good just to have the information in your face so you don't have to look at your phone and so i've been uh kind of just uh digging around in there so that's been fun yeah um all right well i'm let's get into the the show then let's get into some of this uh coronavirus news and all that good stuff okay uh as soon as this wants to play but you know take your sweet time uh i watched pinocchio on netflix last night and i'm gonna okay i got some gonna... i got some movie reviews i'm gonna do solo so for our premium people that listen to spoiled movie reviews you should be getting some reviews soon um coronavirus again? look here we go again we got variants really need to keep a mask on hand and follow the plan get the vaccine and second shots whether woman or man black out who tips is doing they part but the dumbest expand niggas would rather believe a bunch of misinformation fuck y'all idiots not getting shots now we gotta regress if we keep going in this direction we never can rest never can get back to the lives we be living the best damn fool stop the lying stop the intubation crying because it's your fault that motherfuckers dying huh. damn fool stop the lying stop the ventilator crying because it's your fault that motherfuckers dying i do not understand this shit i'm not a fan of this we were like one win from the pandemic championship but fuckers want to leave it to game seven with Giannis delta kumpo blocking forward progression and chris middle fingers to your plans man damn huh. Looks like it's no Drew Holiday for you and your mans. I'm sick of black people dying for real. So I'm just writing this new piece to let you know how I feel. Huh. Coronavirus. Yeah. Huh. Fuck that COVID-19. It's unseen. It's creeping in the air for you to breathe. Yeah. Huh. So fuck that COVID-19. It's unseen. It's creeping in the air for you to breathe. Yeah. Coronavirus. Oh, yeah. Coronavirus time. You guys know what it is. We were just kind of talking about it. Uh, let's see what the news got to say about it, though. Uh, more than 80 Ohio children infected in measles outbreak. Most of them unvaccinated. Mm-hmm. And the, the, what's so fucked up about that is you have a lot of parents that are anti-vaxxers and anti-vaxxers also go to vaccination for their children. And what's fucked up is these parents have been vaccinated against this shit. <laughs> so, and your child is not like, that's, that, that's, 
like what the fuck is wrong with you and this is how we having shit come back that we thought we had eradicated like this shit is coming back and running through kids and it's one of those things where you don't want your kids to catch these diseases you don't want your child catching polio and whatever the fuck else is out there because it impacts your lives and people don't care until it directly impacts them so you know, your your child catch this shit, and particularly have multiple children, so you have multiple children catching this shit because kids, you know, they talk to each other, touch on each other, breathe in each other's faces, and that's what kids do. And all of a sudden, you have fucking unnecessary medical bills because you didn't want to get a goddamn shot to your child. Yeah, I know that it was a lot of people's jobs to be nice to the people that didn't want the vaccine. Um, but I never really felt like they deserve too much empathy especially as it went on because it was a trickling like it was it was a, a something that trickled downhill you know it, was, it wasn't it was a uh, it, it was one of those things where they weren't the logic they had wasn't just this vaccine it always extended to like all vaccines and it, it and yes. it came became like conspiratorial and sometimes leading to QAnon shit or people bringing up Tuskegee mm-hmm. experiment and all this stuff. And so I think this is part of the, we no longer have um, a definitive opinion that we take with authority on science, whether it be the government or just scientists at large or companies or whatever. And part of the penalty of that is people questioning shit that has long been understood and we actually have factual evidence to prove does exist and does work so it it becomes like if my if i don't feel like the measles vaccine is worthwhile i'm not giving it to my child and we're like but we have evidence that it works and damn near eradicated the shit yeah i don't care because i don't feel a certain way and my feelings are more important than facts so i think this is one of the things i, I think about um yeah, mm-hmm. yeah and, and it's also very very scary for people that actually have children particularly if you have children that you know are going through the process of getting vaccination because you know it's a slow process you when the child is born they don't pump them full of needles you know you have to slowly get children vaccinated and then you have children that are immune immunocompromised and shit like that it can't get certain things so it's like now you're risking my child or either my child actually might be um uh vaccinated but it's one of the things where you know children because children are children and they kind of collect germs you know, they fuck around and give it to the parents. So, you know, like, like we all impact each other, whether people want to believe it or not. And it's just selfish and self-centered for people to just act like just me and mine and we don't affect anything else around us. It's not true. Yeah. And I think it's going to be interesting because the hospitals are getting full and then here y'all go bringing in, you know, fucking measles kids and shit and some of these diseases have some pretty harsh effects depending on how that you know how long you wait to get treatment and shit so uh COVID-19 cases in Canada could increase in the new year health officials say um and they basically warn of the fact that you know there's variants that are happening um that show more capability to escape our immune system 
Uh, Omicron is the latest variant of concern. It's the most transmissible variant we've uh, seen so far. Wait, how old is this? Oh, no. It's, okay, it's in 2020. Um, I was just like, damn, Omicron, that's that's last year. But uh, what, whether that's enough to drive... Oh, is this, this still in the buildings? Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I think what they're saying is the Omicron shows the ability to vary, to create variants, mm-hmm. and those may escape the drug, uh, you know, the immune system and the treatments that we have um so yeah they they basically said they expect a uptick next year uh we'll see um yeah we we will see i think within two three weeks after the first of the year probably middle of january is when we're gonna get the true numbers of, of, of what happened over the holiday break yeah like we're starting to get it right now but a lot of people are still traveling and moving around but when people kind of get back home and get settled down you know because you know two weeks people you know people travel new year's i mean christmas people gonna travel new year's so people just been traveling back to back and so once we kind of sit their asses down and get back in their normal routine that's when we actually will see if the hospital numbers are going to go up and how people are testing and and all that you know yeah. those types of things yeah i i think we said that before um yeah i think everyone's anticipating an uptick but if it if it's like variants that escape the immunity i think that will be even different than just people catching you know coronavirus Agreed. once again you know can't stress enough uh what people consider vaccinated it, it really it needs a de- updated definition we've talked about this a bunch of times so i won't go into any details but y'all know what i mean um yes it does and boosters yep um and uh other news um uh the icu is full and uh medical staff on the front line of china's COVID fight say hospitals are overwhelmed So, I believe, um, yeah, it was something you said. It did make sense. It's like y'all do know what's gonna happen. Like, you know, numbers will go up, and I don't care how much they try to fake the funk. The hospital it will tell you if it's fucked up or not, <laughs> no yeah. matter what y'all say. Can you uh move the mic a little so people can see your face a little bit, if it's possible, um, or if you need to move the camera I'm or something? I'm trying to speak into the thing. Yeah, you're doing a good job, by the way, of speaking into it. I'm just trying to, you know. See, so so they can see your face a little bit, but um, yeah, okay. absolutely, you're right. I think um, we're seeing that uh, you know, and we knew that because the information that we get, the numbers, uh, we don't know if they're true. We never know. No, we don't. And we know that China is extremely politically motivated with their numbers. Not that every country isn't, but you know, um, somewhat more so than others. And so, mm-hmm. you know, the numbers could have been the government trying to you know make it seem like we were right to keep you in lockdown that's why 80 million people caught it today or it could be um you know when they're reporting extremely low death numbers and attributing them to pre-existing conditions they want to seem 
send some other message of China ain't got no problems. Okay, our people right. we only got zero you can't people have it died. Both ways. And so um, now people are leaking information out, showing pictures from these hospitals that are just overwhelmed from top to bottom, and they're giving like personal reports of people talking about how stressful it is to work there. The ICU is full. Um, a lot of them got admitted to the hospital. They're not getting better in a day or two. So there's no flow. And therefore, people keep coming to the ER, but they can't go upstairs to the hospital rooms. They're stuck in the ER for days. Wow. In the past month, Bernstein went from never having treated a COVID patient to seeing dozens a day. Damn. Mm-hmm. And not trying to be funny, it, 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 it's fucked up, but this is something that a lot of other parts of the world have kind of dealt with already. I know that sounds sad, mm-hmm. but, you know, other parts of the country have dealt with this already, and this is kind of their first, because they kept shit so locked down and, and shit like that, and they control people so much that you didn't have this happening. So you know what's going to to happen? The same thing that's happening here, that happened here and, and will continue to happen here. Them frontline workers are going to start dying. And what do you do when the people that are supposed and people are going to start quitting and people are going to start leaving the field because they're going to be like, bitch, I didn't sign up for death. I signed up to help people. I didn't sign up for this. Uh, and lastly, the U.S. will require travelers from China to show proof of a negative COVID test. So I guess we all the way back. Everything that was old is new again. This is like the first day of the pandemic shit. Mm-hmm. Right. And because, <laughs> like I said, because they're actually experiencing shit for the first time because they actually, the way to end the thing is, it's funny how everybody, and you said this, how everybody goes, we ought to be like China. But it was like, no country is above the spread of this. And it was just, and because of humanity, it's just a matter of time till people revolt against that shit. Even in a dictatorship, where people literally feel like their freedom is under stake, um, people are like, "I don't care. I like, I'm not taking the vaccine. The vaccine we have isn't isn't even that effective. But I'm just tired of you fucking locking me down." telling me it's for my own good i don't trust you i can't go nowhere i'm somewhere and y'all decide to lock down all of a sudden i'm locked somewhere i can't see my family can't see my friends and people are like hey dog like this shit is ridiculous yeah the humans going human dog um all right let's uh get out of this uh that's that's all the uh, coronavirus news uh that we have um but we do have some lgbtq news let me see what you want to be you better move your body you better move your feet and i want to grow show me what's cool riding karen baby lgbtq news i trying to take us down but we still around we lit we lit i try to still shine but we on the ride we lit we lit Let's get into it. Two women arrested for invading gay politicians' home to rant about drag queens. What? What did the drag well, queens... They got nothing better to do. What did, what did they do to you? Like, I thought everybody was fucking with RuPaul and drag race and shit, man. Now y'all... One of the highest rated shows. I don't get it. This is that weird information silo to America's bullshit where, like, it's a whole part of the world now that believes that 
drag queens and drag shows are all about uh, grooming children and, and all this weird like bullshit that they just made up out of nowhere and they're running up in people's homes this could have ended way worse they invaded a new york city council member eric botcher botcher's apartment to complain about drag queens reading books the council member had attended an event at a public library geared towards autistic children the children were left terrified by gays against groomers the group comprising comprises far-right lgbtq activists who have allied with the religious right most are the republican trump supporters the group targeted Botcher's office first, scrawling vulgar slurs on the hallway outside the office. They did the same outside of his home. Now, how the fuck are they not arrested for that? Press all of the all of the charges, all of them, because not only that, the safety for them and the safety for the politician and the kids. Right, and 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 let's say you'd have had a uh, uh, security somewhere there to shot and killed them because they was like, we don't know who the fuck you are. And why right. are you here? How is this not terrorism or something? The Drag Story Hour event was held at Manhattan's Andrew High School Braille and Talking Book Library. As Botcher walked in the door, he tried to engage the protesters, but was met with jeers and shouts instead. He posted the video of the confrontation on Twitter, drawing the group's ire. I am outside the high school library. Oh, I'm sorry. Can you hear that? You probably can't hear that, right? I, I always forget. Give me one second. I'll see if I can uh, share it so that you can hear it. All right. All right, here we go. This is him. I am outside the high school library in Chelsea, and I want to show you the face of hate right here in Chelsea. Remember, they want to teach transgenders against women. I'm Reverend Jimmy. What are you, a pedophile? You're walking around with your fucking ugly shit, man. Get the fuck out of here. Trannies against groomers. Yeah. Woman is throwing up middle fingers at the camera. Right in Chelsea, everyone. About to go in and read to the kids. That's all we're doing. Very sad. Luckily, we have people supporting us. You know, it's it's crazy because of every documentary and movie I've ever watched. How do you not know you're on the wrong side of the protest? <laughs> like the good side is never portrayed as the you know it's never the. You know, people with slurs and middle fingers and saying, fuck, you doing with your ugly shit over here. Like, it's never that person that is on the good side of Jackie Robinson. You know, it's never like mm -mm. the people that are like mm -mm. singing a song and they got a flag and they're all standing between the the, the kids and the, and, the, uh, pro and the other protesters. Those will be the good guys in the movie. You don't know you're on the Decepticons, nigga? No, no they don't. And it's also one of those things where you know it's a dose of reality like people here it's all across the country but a lot of times and i will continue to say this people get in these quote-unquote safe havens where they think it can never happen here and new york city is kind of one of them where they think they're kind of above it all and they was like no nigga, we here too and we protesting in your street too and you know 
you you have your percentage of people that's just like this, like everybody else. Uh, I think I mean, when your mayor is people... when your mayor is Officer Eric Adams, uh, you, you don't ever get to feel too safe, right? I mean, I feel like right. it just just because. So part of the reason of that reputation is actually not about the people feeling that way. It's not really just everyone lives in new york and we know we're liberal and tolerant and acceptable and it's so much better part of the reason that people feel that way about new york is the same reason you feel that way about universities when universities are actually some of the most conservative institutions in america Mm -hmm. because republicans use that as a launching pad for their like conservative shit so they're like oh new york city the home of the gays and the this and the that and the feminism and the this and it's like well, New York City's not all anything. Like uh-huh. it's like you got pockets of people that believe this conservative bullshit just as much. Rudy Giuliani, yes, Donald Trump, they're from they're from here too. So I don't mm-hmm. I don't even think it's just a, a, a you know a it I th- and I deal with it too. By the way, I, I I have that bias too of living outside of New York, hearing so many people talk about how it's so liberal normally they say it as a derisive thing not even as a positive thing and then you get here and you're like it's not really like that and it's like oh because part of that is the people that told you that work for fox news and they work for oan and they're conservative republicans and it's all bullshit no no place no place is all one thing Right. And just like everywhere else, some people just trying to go on about their lives and live their lives like the average person really don't care and really ain't trying to bother nobody. But you have like this percentage of people that just come out of the woodworks and you're scaring the children and you don't care about how ridiculous you look or how terrible you look. And like you say, you're, you're on the wrong side of history. You just don't care. And it's very. It could be very frustrating uh to to see this because they're doing this and they actually don't care about the consequences the repercussions of what they're doing because right. a lot of times they cover this up with uh religion and shit like that what does it go well you know what religion what? as you're doing double birds towards the camera right, right. that's what i'm talking about ugly. like like yeah. like that's the thing you're talking about religion but it's like well when i look at your actions and what you're doing that makes me question everything and so it's one of those things where is it could be very uh frustrating and this is why voting matters <laughs> so that you know when people do bullshit like this you can quote unquote ignore them but also you can also have people in places where they can press charges against them when they do this bullshit and not let that shit slide. Cause them people went to this this person's house. That person, you know, they're out here fucking and vandalizing this shit. Hold them accountable. Yeah, we shouldn't have to wait till somebody gets done like Harvey Milk or some shit before we're like, oh yeah, that's right. People running up in someone's building could could want more than just to call them a slur. Um, yeah, the the superintendent called the police after the women broke into the lobby the women were arrested um so we'll you know we'll see if anything even happens to them but yeah that's just super scary right coming out with false facts and things like that indiana just introduced a don't say gay copycat bill um a republican republican lawmakers in indiana have said that a proposal to restrict discussion of sexual orientation and gender identity in schools will be drafted into the new year I mean, in the new year, the shape of the proposal will reportedly be modeled at the Florida's Don't Say Gay bill. 
um yeah because a lot of these states are like we don't since they know one we got a supreme court that won't stand up for lgbtq people's rights correct um and because uh the way that the supreme court is doing a lot of this shit is by going states rights we're just not gonna we're gonna strike down anything federal that will protect people just like they did with abortion and then we'll go mm-hmm. up to the state. Well, some of these states see the getting while the getting's good, and they see what works in other conservative states, and they see, hey, we got the numbers. Let's go ahead and put some of this draconian shit on the books. Like, you can't, you must pretend that there's only cishet people in the world until, you know, eighth grade or some weird shit like that. Um, and yeah, I'm not surprised that another state is doing it, and I expect to see more. Yeah, and the the thing about it is so fucked up, and this goes boils back down to it. I will, will and I will stay stand on this until my dying day. Voting matters. Who you put in these offices matter, and who you put in these municipalities matter, because like they pass shit like this, and so who you put in office matters because uh, somebody uh, votes for these judges or either they're elected officials, like somebody put them in these positions. So let's say you, 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 um, uh, challenge it. You, you know, depend on where you are, you're going to have judges to be like, fuck it and push it up to the Supreme court. And odds are the one we have now don't care. And on top of that, you have to be aware because what they do is that they'll make these laws and then they'll turn around and make laws and say, you can't protest. They turn around and make these laws and make laws and say, you you bring your ass out here. The police got the right to whoop your ass. So who you put in these offices and these locations matter because they know people are going to get mad and know people are going to be upset. They know people are not going to like it, but they don't care. So they'll try to do everything in their power and pass laws so that you literally can't protest. And the thing is, you know, it, it will eventually get to the point where people will have to actually, quote unquote, break the law in order to get shit done, to protest and shit like that, because that's that's the end result. They want to make it so they can just pass shit and you can't do anything about it. Like they want to make it where, you know, you can't silently protest. You don't have the, the, the right to do these things because in their mind, they just want to pass the laws and they don't want to have to deal with the consequences, the repercussions. But yet that video you just showed, what were they doing? They were like, they're protesting. Then like they have the right to do that, but you let somebody else on the quote unquote other side do that, all of a sudden they want to shut shit down. They don't want to hear it. They, they, you know, so it's like, well, how come one party gets to protest and the other party all of a sudden, you know, y'all want to bring out the police and disperse and disband and shit like this. And this is why I, it boils down to voting and who you have in your offices and not only the president, but who you have for your motherfucking dog catch. It don't matter who you have in these positions matter. Yeah. And I know every time we do this segment, it always turns into, you know, talking about voting, but it really is that simple. And at the same time, it really is that important. And I hate to hate that is we sound like a broken record, but um, the bills that they're passing, they can't do without being put in the office. And right. some of the bills that they're attempting to pass, they're passing because they feel that safe in their seats. They don't think there will be consequences for doing these things. And if Florida is any indication, there weren't consequences for Florida for all the anti-LGBTQ shit that happened. So um, the people that are hateful, they believe in their power of their vote and they're Mm -hmm. using it and um, they're doing as much to make the power of our votes not count. Um, And 
the other thing is while they address this type of culture war shit you notice we're never talking about them addressing poverty we're never talk we're never hearing them talk about children's um education or reading levels they're trying to underpay teachers they're trying to defund school budgets um the only time they want to give some money to a school is to give teachers guns or put more cops in the school like that there's other serious shit that is going uh unattended to for them to promote their culture wars rather than focus on you know problems that every student has at school (laughs) um that you know like real problems not the teacher brought up that there are gay people that exist in the world but problems like uh i am on assisted lunch and they're not gonna they're cutting the budget and i I might not be able to eat today right so i just it's just right and 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 kind of the same but kind of not i was watching uh you know i love to watch like kids stuff like you know nickelodeon and nick jr and all that type of stuff and they were showing a a thing where uh they're actually uh raising uh money for you know children and i didn't realize that say one out of four american children are actually uh uh go hungry like they don't eat at all you know i was like what I was looking. I was looking at the TV like for real. They was like, "Yes, sir." They was like, uh, "Yeah." There are a lot of children in this country, in in this uh, food rich country, that uh, cannot eat for varying different reasons. And it's like, and like you say, instead of them tackling that, instead of them tackling children being abused, instead of them talking tackling the safety of children reducing classroom sizes paying teachers more well they know they make up abuse they say they do they say teaching a kid about sexual education is abuse they say uh you know uh, a kid being at a drag show is abuse they say uh being around lgbtq people is grooming like they make up shit it's, it's it's despicable but it's costing us so much and people just don't really seem to fucking care man um a gay maga congressman elect george santos allegedly lied about his entire past and possibly even being gay in november george santos became the first openly gay republican elected to congress his election helped the GOP secure a slim majority in the House, but a New York Times investigation has found that the representative-elect may have misrepresented me- many key elements of his biography and resume during his campaign. He claims to have graduated from Baruch College in 2010, but the New York school could find no records of Santos attending. Santos Why biography- do people do that? They could actually find that shit. Do you know they could actually be like, hey, dog, uh, did this dude never attend? They could be like, nope. The fuck is this? I think you know what though he already won the election right so i think that's why they do it and i think part of the reason you can get away with it is you a white dude running republican and facts and the truth don't matter anymore and people don't have the time and resources because newspapers especially local newspapers have been stripped of money and budget and jobs Mm -hmm. they probably don't have the time to even do these investigations and shit until it's too late right not like they used to and it's like uh the local a lot of times your local newspapers are the papers that actually break particularly around your area would break shit like this like while this person was running you would have a team that would go but that would actually go 
and investigate each candidate. Like they would check this shit. They'd be like, oh, do y'all know he didn't graduate from so-and-so? And do y'all know that he, like before they start running and all that stuff? Like, like this would be the shit that they would do. But like you said, because they're cutting down, they don't have the budget, they don't have the funding, a lot of their money and the things they do is kind of uh went online, and so a lot of their resources have dried up. So a lot of this investigative team shit, um, and don't really do anymore, and and it's and it's and it's sad because those those are the things that matter. Because like you say, once they get the position, they're not gonna strip it away from them, even though they should, because you lied, so you're not qualified, you know. And I'm not, and truth be told, is because they're white, because they were black or brown, they would be like, oh, you got to get this position up, you lied. Santos' biography on the National Republican Congressional Committee includes the mention of his having attended New York University, NYU. They NYU could find no record of his attending either. He also claimed that work for Citigroup and Goldman Sachs had to graduate, and neither Wall Street firm had any record of his work in there. Friends of Pet, a Pets, a charity he claimed to found in 2013, also appears to be bogus. The IRS found no records of that organization holding tax exempt status, and neither the New York nor New Jersey Attorney General offices found records of the organization being registered as a charity. Um, so nobody did any investigation on his, but he just made up shit, and they was like, we'll vote for you. The intended beneficiary of a 2017 fundraiser thrown by Santos says they never received any funds from the event. Harbor City Capital, a Florida-based investment company where Santos was regional director during his unsuccessful 2020 campaign for Congress, was accused by the SEC of running a $17 million Ponzi scheme. Santos was not named in the SEC lawsuit against the company, and he has denied knowledge of that scheme. The Times also found that he has twice been evicted for non-payment of rent, once in 2015 and again in 2017. Santos himself has claimed that he and his family own 13 rental properties, but only one apartment in Rio de Janeiro is listed on his financial disclosure forms. And property records in New York City and Nassau County show no document or deeds associated with him, his family, or his family firm, the Devolder Organization. Uh, despite having reported $750,000 in salary and over a million dollars in dividends from the company, Santo listed no devoter organization clients in his congressional financial disclosure. Um, in 2008, he stole a checkbook from a man his mother was caring for while she was working as a nurse in Brazil. He later confessed to using the checkbook to purchase oh, shoes and was... To later use confessed to using the checkbook to purchase shoes and was charged with the crime. Brazilian prosecutors say the case remains unresolved as he never responded to an official court summons. So yeah, um, in November, in an interview, he also claimed that his company had lost four employees in June 2016's mass shooting of Orlando's Pulse nightclub. The Times found no evidence of any of the 49 victims of that tragedy ever have worked for Santos or any of his companies. Um, so, yeah, what's interesting about this, too, is that I think the, in a different article, they talk about how they discovered he was actually married to a woman. I mean, it doesn't mean he can't be gay, but right. when you lied about everything... Right. He also, said, this too. he also said he was Jewish, and when asked about that, he said... Oh no, I mean I'm Jew dash ish. Like I'm friendly with Jew people, Jewish people. Mm -mm, mm -mm. And I I know this might be a stretch, but I'm gonna say it anyway. Um Trump laid the groundwork for a lot of them doing this bullshit. People mm -hmm. don't be wanting to believe this. 
that man lied. He had been lying for decades. He had been lying for years. He lied, he lied, he lied, he lied. And people was like, I don't care. I don't care about you lying. I'm going to vote for you anyway. And he laid the blueprint for a lot of people to do the same thing. When they realized that I don't have to tell the truth, when they realized that there's not going to be any re any um, repercussions or consequences to me lying, just flat out not telling the truth. Uh, and even when people tell the truth and go find it, I can still say that it's not true. When they, when, when they seen that this man made it all the way to the president of the United States of America, just flat lying to the public all the goddamn way there. He laid the blueprint for this. And yeah. now you have a lot of people doing this. And truth be told, uh, uh, Mr. Mr. Fuck around and, and find out up there the DOJ, you let that get on his ear. He started investigating, but like, no, bitch, uh, you going to jail. Right. You know, like you can't you can't do this. Like it you what holding that position and doing all these things, people go. Why would the general public trust you? He also in this position like it doesn't make sense. He also was found to have misrepresented his Jewish heritage. At one point, calling himself a proud American Jew in a position paper obtained by the Ford. In an interview with the New York Post, where he admitted to fabricating parts of his resume, he said he never claimed to be Jewish, but rather Jew dash ish. Is that supposed to be like Kenya Barris's black ish? Apparently so. On which everybody is still black. Uh, but, I mean, what is what does that mean? Like, yeah. I think they know. And it, it could be very frustrating when you go, there needs to be accountability. Because it's like literally the foundation of everything. You lied about schools. You lied about what you did. You lied about your company. Like, you just all around nothing about you is the truth yeah i just don't so it's like, what yeah, are the question everything what are the next steps because they did open up an investigation into him but what happens does he go to if he goes to jail what happens if he is like what happens to this man what happens to the people that were duped into voting for this man or Correct. uh you know like is there another election is there does someone else just another republican take his place i i want to know because this is this is like getting office under false pretenses, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, Barbados has officially decriminalized gay sex. The ruling was part of a tidal wave of Caribbean nations advancing LGBTQ plus rights. The Barbados High Court has decriminalized gay sex in a landmark ruling for LGBTQ plus rights. Uh, the court struck down two colonial era laws, one of which said men found guilty of having consensual gay sex would get life in prison, and the other allowed both men and women to be sentenced for up to 10 years. According to the AP, the laws were almost never utilized, but they nonetheless symbolize a lack of equality for LGBTQ plus people. Uh, right. The striking down of the laws reverses that and overnight tells the entire society that this is consensual contact and that's what and that what people choose to do in their private relationships is not the business of the law, said Tia Braun, the chief executive of the human rights organization Human Dignity Trust. Right. Yep. Good news and let's get out of here on the good news because Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get out of here on the get out here while the, get out of here while the getting is good. <laughs> we better uh, leave. Let's get to some regular news.
my ears shake. All right. Um, let's talk about new Southwest cancels another 4,800 flights as it reduces, as this reduced schedule continues. Southwest, like y'all bitches ain't going nowhere. And, uh, I've been, you know, like I say, just been online, just seeing things. And it sounds like they had a, a computer glitch of some sort of, not really. That's what they're saying, no, but I don't so, know. I saw an explanation of it today that I thought was really good. Shit, let me let me see if I can find it for y'all too, uh, in case y'all mm-hmm. want to see it. But um, it was it kind of just explained that. Um, man, I hope I saved this. But uh, it kind of just explained that the reason their um, flights are different is that they don't have like a hub necessarily. So like, oh, like everybody else does. Yeah, so like other okay. like you know if you fly I don't know Delta let's say Delta th- then it'll eventually lead you back to like Atlanta or somewhere where you fly out of like a specific place and so yeah Charlotte's a hub too like it's one yeah. of the airports where everybody just kind of this is just the spot where everything kind of diverts here and then diverts out to other places right and so mm-hmm. apparently if you don't have a hub you end up having to um uh like so so like with a hub you can be like okay we canceled this flight let's go back to atlanta or whatever without a hub it sounds like you cancel this flight well that flight was supposed to help somebody go on a direct flight to another place and then a direct flight to another place and so now when i cancel one flight i'm actually canceling four because Okay. Like, let's hold on. I, I'm I'm gonna show you the explanation, uh, okay? Because the, they explained it better than I'm doing, <laughs> and and I think we should probably let let the news guy tell us. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let them explain it. Yeah. Um, I think I understand, but I want to be sure. The reason why I say that Southwest is built a little bit differently than other airlines is because of what we call a point-to-point system versus a hub and spoke system. So if you travel on airlines like Delta, United, or even American, typically you are funneled into a much larger city. If you're on Delta, you're likely funneled into the Atlanta area. The reason why is because that's where all of their operations are based here. So if you're in Oklahoma City, according to the hub and spoke system and you want to go to omaha they'll likely have you go through atlanta and then fly out to omaha now with southwest it's a little bit different they work on what we call a point-to-point system and the reason why they do that is because for them it's a little bit more profitable so let's say you want to go to omaha but you're out of st louis instead of having to travel travel to Atlanta and then having to travel then back to Omaha with Southwest, what their operations will do is they'll schedule a nonstop flight from St. Louis to Omaha. But the problem with this system is this. Once the airplane gets done in Omaha, it'll likely continue from Omaha on to Oklahoma City and then from Oklahoma City on to Atlanta and then from Atlanta back to St. Louis. That's if that uh, airline crew is based in st louis but as you can see this has cascading effects right because and sorry for those listening later but there's slight skips as it's streaming i'm sorry 
If your flight that you get on originates in St. Louis and then you go on to Omaha, and let's say you're in Oklahoma City waiting on that uh, Omaha flight, if it ends up being canceled, then that also means that the flight from Oklahoma City to Atlanta is canceled. That also means that that flight from Atlanta to St. Louis is also canceled. The other issue that Southwest is going to have to deal with is getting their flight crews in all of these different places so that they can operate uh, their respective airplanes in their air routes and this is why many experts believe that this is likely going to take days if not weeks for Southwest to do this now again the big question that everybody's been asking is why does Southwest do this it's cheaper for them to do that to operate from one city to another as opposed to managing a massive hub like United American as well as Delta so there you go I can and and, and it makes sense and that's why a lot of their uh, ticket prices are lower too and you know and it's also one of those things i know a lot of people fly through them um but it's one of those things where i feel the same way about them as i do when i go to the movie theaters i like assigned seats i don't want to be boxing nobody out trying so to find a seat is southwest do they not have assigned seats i thought that was just not, spirit to the best of my knowledge they don't Okay. All right. I mean, they might, but uh, but but that's well, that's what people were saying that they don't have assigned seats. I was like, no. Mm -mm. Mm. Okay. I want to know where the fuck I'm sitting. Okay. So yeah, maybe that's another way they save money. It is. So you just get a section, but not an actual seat. Okay. Yeah. I, I look. I don't know. Um. The but yeah, I think that explains a lot because I've been wondering what the fuck, and now I know it's like oh they don't have the hub. So, and uh, you know one of our listeners is a flight attendant, and she was saying how like you know a lot of people take their frustrations out on the attendants and stuff, which I always think is Me fucking too. stupid. Um, even, Me too. Even for stuff not like this, is just always yeah, fucking stupid. Yeah, that's beyond their control. They but just at the airport. But also, she said when this happens, they're stranded. Oh, that's right. That's right. The flight and the crew, right? Because I was seeing online how they were saying they was talking. Some people was like, yeah, I'm talking to like pilots and shit that they're actually having to go to the hotels or they're actually sleeping in the airports too because they actually depend on these flights to get them around to, to sometimes back to the their city of destination because it goes in a complete circle. So when it's you know, when it's halfway through and everything is like, no, they're sitting like days sometimes, you know, trying to get back home. So, you know, I my heart goes out to them because I know this has got to be just a inconvenience all the way around. And if the hotel has like a or the city has like a don't go to work order, you're stuck in a hotel with no staff, no food, you know, <sighs> drinking water and eating snack machine food. So and they don't get paid for when they're not in the air for a lot of flight attendants. So it's, it, you're basically ah. stuck there not even getting money. So it's crazy. Uh, snowman delivery service. Yep. Boise has it. Boise, Idaho. Uh, apparently they got people that will deliver a snowman uh don't see me mention a snow women <laughs> i guess I'm, i guess i'm the only one that's woke here guys okay uh some of us read bell hooks over here all right uh but um yeah they don't um they apparently uh deliver snowmen to people's houses 
So does the shit melt? How do they keep it? I like the, well, the packaging. Cold. I don't get it. It's cold as hell outside, so it probably don't. Okay, melt. but so it's, it's in like Lego blocks and pieces. We got a truck. We're out here delivering snowmen. We got a truckload of snowballs and rounds of deliveries to do, so we can get people set up for Christmas. Said Keith Anderson. Keith and his daughter Liva run the Anderson family side business snowman delivery. Um, yeah, they said um, they've been doing it about five years. Um, and it's extremely popular once the Christmas music stops. So what I think is one, this would have been so cool to have when I was a kid. I'm sorry. I looked at one. We live in Charlotte. It don't snow a lot. Right. Mm -mm. So as a kid, we get one or two days of snow at best in a year. Um, very rarely would it stick around. And then two, um, I can't make a snowman. I fucking sucked at that. My snowmen never it's looked hard. They never looked right. Cause then you got all the cool little props. You need to go get a bucket hat and a corn cob nose or some shit. A corn cob pipe and a carrot nose and a, a button eyes and shit. I mean, I ain't have all that sitting around, you know. So now I got this old fucked up looking snowman and then it starts melting that same day and by the end of the day it looks like what's a man? What's a man? And so um i was always envious and if we could have just ordered a snowman not that my parents would have paid for it, but if we could have just ordered a snowman from the snowman delivery service i think that actually would have been better so i'm a little jealous of the kids these days mm-hmm. and they probably come with everything they probably come with the carrot and the top hat and all that stuff yeah and you know black people you ain't you ain't i'm not you who giving you a carrot to stick in the snowman's nose you better get out of here exactly uh, in a surprise interview, Bill Cosby announces he plans to tour in 2023. Yeah, I guess. He is currently st- still being charged and accused of sexual assaults. Mm-hmm. Need to make that money. He got some new ones. Uh, no, I don't think it's about him. He need to make that money. I don't think it. I don't think that's it at all. I think what I found ironic is he was planning on doing a tour before all this when he was accused then he went to trial and he pretended to be a feeble old blind man that was incapable of anything and shouldn't even go to jail because who he what who could he harm he's he's not even able to 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 see or walk or whatever and now the second that you know now that he's out of jail it's time to tour again he's fine now Mm -hmm. and here's my prediction uh, and I'll play Rod be knowing. Uh, the time I play, uh, you know, I play mm-hmm. Rod was right at the time. Um, he gonna get heckled again. Yes, he is. Some people gonna show up to these concerts just to be like your old raping motherfucker. Like, you, look at you, your bitch ass mm-hmm. nigga. And they're gonna be protesting. We're mm-hmm. gonna get them viral videos of people that, that went in there just to get kicked out. And I don't blame them. Fuck them. Uh, let's see what else is happening. Oh, man, this is just such a wild article um so there's this group called i think the bell project okay and um they it's celebrity endorsed you know john legend a bunch of shit you know like a bunch of bunch of big time names uh i think maybe danny glover john legend richard branson uh and so it's it's one of these funds where they bail out people in jail to help them get out on the street you know so okay um well apparently they shut down their operations in las vegas after being sued for releasing a serial criminal who less than a week later tried to murder a waiter 
and um the bell project posted a three thousand dollar bond for burglary sub- suspect rashawn gaston anderson in december 2021 six days later he shot ching yang wong 11 times in the chinatown section of las vegas in the plea deal the 24 year old was convicted of attempted robbery and mayhem both with deadly weapon enhancements uh he was sentenced to for to seven to 18 years behind bars for the shooting uh, the waiter who was struck by seven rounds in the attack is suing the nonprofit for its role in releasing him, despite his criminal past. Wong, who also is suing Gaston Anderson and Shanghai Pizza owner uh, Us Hui the Real Estate Investment Corp, is seeking over $15,000 in damages from each defendant. He got scars all over his body, can't move his shoulder over a certain height. I don't know how the bullets missed the vital artery, the victim's lawyer said um the lawsuit accused the bail fund of failing to take into account gaston anderson's potential danger to the community given his pending and past cases in 2018 he pled guilty to attempted grand larceny in las vegas and was sentenced to 18 months probation the following year is convicted of felony burglary in new york and in 2021 he was convicted of auto theft in illinois in November 2021, he was also arrested for pandering and carrying a concealed weapon. He was reportedly was released without bail and ordered to stay out of trouble. However, he was arrested again the following day on burglary and theft charges. The repeat offender was then sprung from jail after the nonprofit posted his $3,000 bond. Normally, when bail is posted a cash bail, it is a family member or friend who is familiar with the accused. One can say, in a sense, they are vouching for the person. They are risking their own money. A family member comes forward, a brother or a friend. And if they put up $3,000 and this person doesn't show up and reoffends, they lose their own money. But in this case, you know, it was this organization. Um, here's my thing. I find it weird that they would shut down. I do, too. I think you either benefits from it. I think you either believe in this shit and you understand this is part of the cost of it. Right. And that it's not always going to be neat and it's not always going to make you look good. And it's not always going to be like a cool little thing you can put in a hashtag or tweet. Right. And you're not but always going to have the perfect person to support. But if you're committed to this work, you go, in my opinion, you look back and you go, we bailed out 400 people. One dude did this shit we don't see a reason why we wouldn't bail out 400 more right there is no perfect there is no perfect when it comes to this shit and i think if you're truly committed to that then you continue to work mm-hmm. i don't understand how they shut it down like i like and i know it's it's funny because you know this is one of the things i talk about when we talk about these slogans and these hashtags and defund and and you know bail everybody out and no cash bail and stuff part of that is a risk to the community it is it just that's the truth of it everyone likes to talk around it and the reason i push back on talking around it the reason i push back on these people that are like you know i'm from a prison i'm from prison abolition except for tory lanes the reason i bring this shit up is because what it, what i'm hearing and what you're saying is when the push comes a shove when the rubber meets the road when the fucking fat hits the fire you're gonna bail because you won't be able to look better than everybody you won't right. be able to look perfect anymore because a lot of these people just want to look the part they want to look better than, i'm better than you well mm-hmm. well sometimes this is the thing that go this is the thing that, that comes back to bite your ass and you to me i think you should even if you pay the man 
even if you go listen you're suing us and it was part of our actions that that led to this here's fifteen thousand dollars even if you pay the man i still would rather you do the work and i don't understand how you can just fucking get out of here you know and of course crime and violence are finicky interesting things because he met it sounded like he met the qualifications for a person to be bailed out because normally these funds try not to bail out violent offenders like people people that you know like like they don't want to be like yeah you stalked your wife and 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 beat your kids but uh let's go ahead no cash bail we need to get you on the street right so normally they try to avoid the violent stuff but right but the way violence is quantified in our legal justice system is not as simple as beating somebody up or whatever pulling a gun having a gun can also be considered violence um in in the eyes of the law so i'm not even sure how it would work if like if you could be like well he was using guns to rob to to, to steal cars from people you know it so it could you know and then of course what we know is what he was ultimately charged and convicted of could be pleased a lot of times you can use a gun to rob me but then you plead down to something smaller so that they don't have to go to trial and they take that part out so now it looks like you're a non-violent offender but you absolutely pulled a gun on me and robbed me um so uh yeah we don't know but my point is you need to stand behind it if you, you can't close down the whole fucking thing because y'all hit y'all's first row bump and i hope that's not as maybe there's some other sh- mitigating factors we don't know that's the uh, real reason they were shut down maybe it's temporary whatever i just know you should be out front you should be doing press about this you should be talking about it and you should take the fucking hit hit for it you can't be you can't be anti all this shit and then dip I, this is why I don't trust these motherfuckers and why right. I, don't, I don't really like the whole activism of convenience, online activism shit because they never have an answer for the murky questions and they act like it's not going to happen. And what it makes me think is, oh, so when it does happen, you're going to bail. That's what your plan is. You're not like it's not because because you're not you're per. It's like when you talk to someone who says, well, you know, I'm a prison abolitionist and I just think you know we should have restorative justice and if someone does something to you you sit down and talk to the person that harmed you and you educate them blah blah blah. and you go well what if they don't want to be educated what if they want what if they won't even admit that they harm me also what if i don't want to see this motherfucker again like they okay so they sexually assaulted me i actually don't want to sit down and talk to them i don't want to be responsible for educating them and i don't think they should be just allowed to be out here because i think they'll do it again well we're not gonna tackle any of those questions no that's that's crazy we just gonna act like that never happens and make you seem like a bad person and this is what happens it's like well when it does happen and i come to you and go hey you were responsible for putting this person on the street uh yeah the store is closed um yeah uh no calls please i don't like that me either and this i know for me it could be very frustrating listening to a lot of them talk and do interviews and uh, like I said, I'm better than I used to be about it uh, because, like I said, Paul Roger, he used to have to uh, listen to me rant for 25 minutes every time he played one of them things. I was like, this shit don't make no motherfucking sense. This is stupid. Um, because like you say, when you get to asking the real questions, 
nobody gives answers. I, I don't remember which one it is, but years ago you played one and the person was like, they asked about rape and things like that. They was like, well, I was raped. I was like, well, that's you. What about me? I right. might not go through the same thing. I might not give a fuck. I might I might say lock that motherfucker up and throw away the goddamn key. What yeah. do you what do you do when people don't want to go along with your it's, system? It's a, what do you do? It's a sleight of hand. It's a sleight of hand I noticed. And a lot of them do it. It's when you bring up shit that's bad, they just act like it don't happen or they act like it's not a big deal cuz it's not a big deal to them. And fuck Correct. you for that. Fuck you for that. Cuz you know what you're doing. And you and honestly you're still just running away from the responsibility of having an answer. And that's that's some bullshit. Or they'll go, "Well, the police don't do a good job with that anyway." I'm like, "Yeah, but some but sometimes they do." Like it's many a motherfucker that they do. Like you know what 100% of the people that are rapists that are in jail have in common is that they got caught by the police. 100% of them. So like you can be like they're not doing this. And also that's a sleight of hand because if you go if you go they go, well the police aren't doing a good job catching rapists anyway or whatever, you know, catching murderers anyway. Okay. So then maybe we should help them do a better job. I want them to catch those people. Like your answer is they should not exist because they're not doing a good enough job. So you are for catching murderers or you're not? Because it sounds like you're not. Um, anyway, the off the actual office is saying that this has nothing to do with the litigation. They're going to reorganize and they just shut down the Vegas chapter because of internal reasons that they're not they don't want to express to anybody or whatever. Um, but, yeah, it, it just sounds like you're leaving the community. I'm sure there's still people in Vegas that need to be bailed out. And I hope it's not just I hope it's not because you took a PRL. I hope it's not. Right. And the thing is also, too, when you're dealing with. Uh, a lot of celebrities they was like oh you making my name look bad you know so I could see them actually pulling out going no but like you say either you're about the work or you're not yeah and it's one of those things to where you know you have to deal with the backlash and the um consequences of this because you're actually actually doing and working with the community and you know with people and people aren't as clean cut as people think that they are. Everybody wants to put people in these boxes. Then when people, which are the X factors, start start doing what X factors do, unpredictable shit. Now everybody's like, whoa, 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 slow your horses down. So well, you they know, just they just like this. The process. They skip to the shit that's convenient. They're no different than the fucking police to me. Like the reason I don't trust the police is because they skip around to the shit that's convenient. You know, where it's like. Well, what about the fact that there's people choosing you a police brutality? Well, we caught three rapists this week. I'm like, okay, so you skipped past my question. I, you think I didn't notice that? And then we have the opposite thing that happens here where it's like, um, you know, when we're asking the complicated questions about like, what, what about this and what about that? They'll skip forward to like in 20 years from now when we are having all the money invested in education, there'll be no crime. And you're like, what are we going to do in the next in the 20 years between when there's still crime and shit is happening. <laughs> anyway, uh, Facebook addiction increases depression severity among people who are already depressed. Oh, yeah, I can, I can see that. And, you know, people have been around and we've, ha- we've heard and you've read enough Facebook articles for people to know that Facebook can manipulate you. Facebook can make you feel happy, can make you feel sad, can make you feel anxious, can make you feel depressed. They can intensify feelings. They can manipulate your uh, timeline and all types of shit. Uh, 
A longitudinal study found that the addictive use of Facebook can increase depression severity among people diagnosed with depression. The findings suggest that overuse of Facebook can diminish a person's sense of self-worth. What is overuse, you know? In both scientific... Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah like, 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 what are your parameters? Uh, how many hours? How many minutes? How many days straight? Like, like, what are your parameters for this? In both scientific literature and the media, there has been much discussion about the negative effects of social networking sites like Facebook on mental well-being. For example, there's some evidence that the more time someone spends on Facebook, the more depressed they are. Findings like this have inspired the term Facebook depression, which describes depression resulting from the prolonged use of Facebook. However, it seems that it's not if it is not time spent on Facebook in itself that contributes to depression. Instead, addictive use of the platform seems to be detrimental to well-being. Study author Soon Lee Lee and his colleagues proposed that Facebook addiction might predict depression severity through two distinct depressive experiences, dependency and self-criticism. We have a growing reliance on technology and we heavily rely on it to effectively live live our lives. Uh, this makes it integral to understand how this reliance affects our well-being both uh, physically and psychologically understanding how it affects those with clinical diagnosis is important as well as most studies were conducted with healthy young adults this will ensure the scientific literature represents the different groups in a particular population um but yeah they used a study of 250 malaysian facebook users who have been diagnosed with depression uh the participants completed two online surveys at the start of the study and another one that follow up six months later um the survey measures included the facebook intensity scale an assessment of emotional connectedness to facebook and its integration into one's daily life the measures also included the version facebook addiction scale an assessment of behavioral addiction tendencies like being unable to reduce one's facebook use despite trying to finally there was a measure of depression severity and a measure of the distinct depressive experiences of self-criticism feelings of shame when one fails to maintain a positive self-image and the dependency feelings of helplessness when one loses acceptance from others Uh, The results reveal that at both waves of the study, participants with higher addictive use of Facebook reported more salient, depressive experiences and more severe depression. I believe it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think also it's that chicken or the egg. Like, are you on Facebook more because you're depressed or are you and are you depressed more because you're on Facebook? (laughs) You know, Yeah, it's like I could say it's a big old circle you know yeah. and it's it's for some people those lines blur and you can't tell one from the other and it actually might be both yeah, and sometimes i was like see people and i'm like from the way they're interacting and the way that mm-hmm. i'm talking to them i'm like oh shit you've been on facebook too much yeah because it knows my sound strange but even with twitter facebook instagram it's a language and so once you see, oh, you're hitting all the language points or whatever that people kind of use in this realm, like, okay, yeah, you've been out here too long. Okay. Yeah, it's just not even just the language. I mean, yes, the language, absolutely, I agree. But it's not even just that. It's also just like the attitude, like jump, yes. jumping on somebody. Um, You go on somebody's page and they're all, the only thing they have to say is negative shit about everything. You know, it's like the worst things are always happening to them in their life. The worst things are the, the worst things about a celebrity or a person that they, they want to talk about just the worst shit, the worst TV shows, the worst, every, like everything is bad. And 
I think when you're in a funk like that in your own line, you can't even see that you're the one in the funk. Like you just think, mm-hmm. this is just my life. I'm just sharing my life. This is just da da da. And right. And you think other people are crazy when they be like, hey, I see a shift in your mood. Like people in your like real life, like people that can actually call or contact you and they can be like, hey, dog, there's something wrong here. You dismiss them because, you know, in your mind, this is normal. And like they say, with any addiction, uh, you know, because I honestly believe some people are addicted to being depressed uh, and being sad. You know, it's an addiction for some people because for some people, particularly on social media, they put things out. I'm always sad. I'm always depressed because it draws attention. Mm. Quote, unquote, it draws attention. So for some people, they actually might be sad and depressed, but they're addicted to that posting to, to, to yeah, yeah no 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 i i see I, I didn't understand what you meant at first but I, I agree and i do understand now yeah like it's because there's still whether you want to admit it or not there's still dopamine from the interaction correct and if the only time people truly want to interact with you is when you express like some woe is me type of feeling mm-hmm. or story that then you but we know the way our brains are programmed you will talk about those things more than other things so correct you could have got a good review at your job you could have um you know worked out uh a lot this week you could have um made a cooked a good meal or something you're not going to share that you're going to share uh you know um you're going to share the the you know i got a traffic ticket or are you going to share um uh, the, I got ripped off on on something or what? Like so, yeah, it does make sense. It, yeah, I, I think you're right. Um, all right, let's uh move into some other stuff. Uh, you know what? Let's wrap it up with a little bit of guess the race. I know the blacks love when we play that, and really everyone loves when we play it. If, if I'm being if I'm being honest, uh, a lot of y'all love it. Um, so yeah, let's do some uh guest erase and then we'll start wrapping this uh bad boy up. Uh, where's my guest erase music? It's time to guess the race. It's time to guess the race. It's time to guess the race. This woman charges $480 an hour to help Gen Z and millennial workers overcome their fear of talking on the phone. Talking on the phone. Smartphones can do a lot of things, but plenty of people with them make very few of any actual phone calls. That's left many younger workers lacking the confidence to speak effectively on the phone at work. Mary Jane Copps said she spotted the rise of phone phobia 16 years ago and set up a consultancy called The Phone Lady to help companies improve their staff members' phone skills. Gen Z have never had the skills given to them. In my generation, the phone was on the wall in everyone's house and we were taught to answer and make phone calls at a young age. Now we have several generations that were never taught anything about talking on the phone and people have removed the phones from their homes. You know what? I I get this uh, because you do have a generation, and not everybody. You do have a generation those interpersonal skills, like like some some basic skills, people they just don't have anymore, or either they don't utilize them like they used to. So you do have a lot, and when you're at work, you can't always Microsoft Teams and ping. Sometimes you actually physically have to pick up the phone and call people. 
And for some people, they're like, that is the last thing I would want to do. But sometimes you don't have a choice. And when you don't have the skills, it's kind of brought up with actually talking on the telephone. And you're used to actually just reading everything through a text. Or either talking, you know, talking to people in real life. But telephone is a different interaction. And even FaceTime, it's a different interaction than actually talking to somebody like on the regular ass telephone. And it's kind of funny. It's a skill that like and I do understand that a lot of people have kind of lost because people actually think it's like I'm the type of person I actually listen to voicemails like if somebody calls and I don't pick up I actually will listen to a voicemail that's a lost thing too people go well don't leave me a voicemail I was like well how do you know who called then like you know you was just fucking we just never talk again like I think a lot of people just kind of they, they cut that communication out of their lives and it's actually a really important skill to have you know, and not that funny that that goes into customer service and all these other genres that we kind of just take for granted because people actually don't have these skills that they actually should have been brought up in years ago. Uh, guess the race. I went on a tangent, but this is definitely some <laughs> white shit. Okay, Karen says white. Let's check the chat room. White, white. Uh, white, white shit, white cursive writing, and now Lord, oh wait, white people will, will create a job. White, well, everybody is saying white, and the correct answer is white. <laughs> yeah, she looked like a, like a, like a a Karen that wants to talk to your manager on the phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This is definitely some, some white shit, you know, I definitely wonder how the, this generation does handle the phone at work because it was honestly, I've always been intimidated of making phone calls and stuff. Uh, even before cell phones and shit, uh, in a work capacity, cause it was a different muscle than a private phone call with a friend. It was, it is. you know, it was, Hey, welcome to, Zona. you know, thanks for calling so-and-so I'm Rod. Uh, how can I help you? You know, that kind of shit. <laughs> so especially when yeah, you're black, yeah. you know, right. And you know, the thing is I don't, once I understand my job, I don't mind picking up the phone. But when I'm trying to learn the job, I'm like, the last thing I want to do is pick up the phone. You ask me questions and I can't give you the answer because I don't even know what the fuck I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, give me time, you know, because a lot of that is confidence too. Like you need confidence to know when you ask a question, how to answer it. And the thing is, people federalize, particularly at work, talking on the phone and doing other things can be difficult sometimes and can be hard to do. And for some people, you know, the way they mind ticks and, and and to an extent this makes sense, they be like, I'd rather you give me time to research, give me time to look, give me time to hunt. I, you know, you're calling me and I might not have the answer for you right then and there. And so uh, I can completely understand it. All right, let's get to the next one. Um, OnlyFans star says there's no such thing as bad press after her fuck a fan raffle up, uproar. Oh. An OnlyFans star who raffled off 20 pound, uh, this is uh, overseas, 20 pound tickets okay. to give fans a chance to fuck her has bitten back at trolls saying there is no such thing as bad press. Scottish beauty Gaynor McKinnon, 27, made 400 pounds raffling off 20 
20 pound tickets to men and sharing the entrance names on Instagram under the heading fuck a fan. Oh, you should have named that might have yeah. been a problem. They no. might not want their names out there. People got mad. She said, no such thing as bad press, though. Keep it coming. Um, her I mean, for story. you, but I didn't sign up for the for that. I just I signed up to fuck you. I didn't sign up for the promotional shit. Attention to the competitive competition was drummed up by a Twitter user who wrote just when you think you've seen it all. Bird that does only fan is raffling off a chance to scud her for 20 pounds a number uh named and shamed them all too he added referencing the fact that the adult content creator shared a screenshot of her iphone notes showing the names of the entrance including one bloke who forked out twice he wanted <laughs> want to double the odds yes he wanted to increase his chances oh you when you when you uh, people talking about scud but i'm assuming that's they were for fuck, fuck or sex? probably it's gotta mean fuck okay okay yeah yeah that, that's a language thing because yeah. i was looking like what's the, what the hell is a scud gotta be fuck right uh yeah i'm assuming that's what it is uh yeah i'll look, listen to context uh yeah scud what is scud slang for uh in scotland it says naked which I guess eventually means fucking. I don't know. Anyway, Karen, guess the race. Oh, white. Karen's going with white on this one. Let's check the chat room. Uh, offering sex with a side of whiskey, redheaded Scottish pog. She's fucking random wankers, white. Um, she's fucking, oh yeah, milky discharge white. In it, white, white. From the land of the whitest of the white people, white. Ain't no niggas in Scotland, white, white, white. Uh, as white as her meat curtain's gonna be after those 400 pounds she gonna get from the fan the correct oh, answer no. is uh, you got it right big man right. Uh, yeah um, that that is fucked up though to put it out there I, just, I don't get that right it's okay that you did and it's okay that they pay for it the problem is like they might not want their information out there so that's the problem yeah it's just very like those are your fans too that's very weird right um but you know that's the thing right it's it's like i said groupies changed in my lifetime it went from yeah it ain't what it used to be it went from groupies just to be discreet and that was the point of being with a groupie to uh now on the instagram it's all about how can you make it about yourself and there's no money in being discreet the money is in Showing people no, I only fuck I only fuck with Drake niggas and if you ain't got Drake money don't even come waste your time like just a different algorithm now. All right, mm-hmm. let's go to the bonus round. Karen got both of them right. Cops, driver said he hit 120 miles per hour after a good song came on the stereo. Oh, he was flying. A 19 year old. You do have a tendency to speed. I'm, you know, I'm not trying to be funny. Like, you, that's why I have to, uh, 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 particularly when I was going from Charlotte to Fayetteville. I would have to put on like uh, the uh, speedon- uh the, what you call it, the cruise control. You fuck around and and uh, one of your jams be on. You be like, God damn, I'm moving. 
Yeah, I definitely did that before. That's how I got my ticket going to Fayetteville. A 19-year-old motorist who admitted driving his Honda 120 miles on an Iowa interstate told Costa he floored the vehicle last night because a good song came on his stereo. After witness called after witness called 911, a report a reckless driver was speeding and swerving all over the road. A sheriff's deputy spotted the suspect's vehicle as it flew past him at 100 miles an hour at around 9:15 p.m. Oh, you get the call. Hey, uh, we just let you know that somebody's speeding. I think I caught him. What song? <laughs> what song could get you to do 120 miles an hour, Karen? Oh, what song would get me to do? That's a good question. I don't know. Mm, you don't know? Okay. Mm mm. I can't think of anything. You know what? Uh, yeah. Somebody said Beyonce. Yeah, I get a good Beyonce bop on. Uh, Which one? Particular, put like this. If you just put a whole B Day album on from start to finish, I think I think I could just go ring the alarm. Okay, I think cur- I think currently, uh, "Can't Punk Me" by Jid, uh, the Earth Gang song. I think I could do one twenty to that. You know, mm-hmm. pull out the punk, can't punk me, bitch. Pull out the punk, can't punk me, ho. Pull out the punk, yeah, can't punk me, bitch. Pull out the punk, little punk, bitch. I think I, I think I, I mean, I walk faster when I listen to it. If I was driving, I'd be driving faster. You know. Come on, you pull, you pulling the right Kendrick song. Oh, uh, the the No Hands song. Mm-hmm. I like that song. I probably could speed to that song. Okay. Uh, at uh, when the car was subsequently pulled over more than two miles up Interstate 380. Driver Nicholas Bernard reportedly admitted to going 120 miles an hour at one point. Uh, he explained he reached the top speed because a good song came on um, in his 200, 2006 Honda Accord EX. You rolling that fast in a goddamn Honda Accord? Goddamn! From 2006, too. It's, night, it's 2022. Baby, you took good care of that bitch. Bernard was only facing a speeding citation when he opened up the glove box to retrieve the registration and insurance records, but then a deputy spotted a large amount of marijuana in plain view in the compartment the subsequent search of the vehicle turned up a smoking pipe and other drug paraphernalia was charged with a pair of misdemeanor drug counts and booked into the county jail and he was released this morning the part that's weird to me is like marijuana is the kind of drug that probably would have slowed him down so they you know i don't think they should have arrested him for that it must have been more than just some marijuana then well karen guess the race did they give his name yeah they did give his name. Um, let's see. Let me see if I can find it. Bernard, Bernard, Bernard. Nicholas Bernard. I'm going white. All right. Uh, let's see. Don't stop believing white. Uh, let's see. Uh could be any race music will do that to you but iowa is white he was listening to nuck if you buck and police bucked black must have That's been listening book. must have been listening to fuck the police black bernard is black blackity black black because he caught that weed charge black but his mom is definitely white black nigga you supposed to drive slower white while faded black ass bernard had a subwoofer in the back white black whitey gu- gonna white black i hoped he was white the correct answer is Karen said white. Y'all, a lot of y'all said black. Karen, you got it right. 
the biggest reason why hold on, hold on, hold on. hold on, hold on. You know you got to wait till the clap stop. Professional. All right, go ahead. My man. The biggest reason why I picked white is because it didn't lead to a high-speed chase. You go over 100-something mm -hmm. miles an hour. If that had been a nigga, they'd, have, they'd have definitely tried to track him down. Okay. And, and they wouldn't have been just, uh, by the way, we're just going to give you a ticket. Oh, why you at it? That's some marijuana. No, they'd have had a shootout. It would have been a whole shadoo. That shadoo. Okay. It's a very interesting uh uh deduction but you did get it right so okay knock that uh, a lot of people <laughs> missed it <laughs> and let's wrap it up with some sword ratchetness Think he was fine. Won't stop believing. Uh, I think it was Life is a Highway. That's my go to. Yeah, that's another one. Life is a Highway. Yes. Um, Seattle police arrested a 43 year old man who, after he used a sword to attack a police officer, tried to break into a house near Washington who, Park Arboretum. Somebody stole that from Zelda. Right? It's like he pulled out this sword yeah. and it went doo -doo 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 -doo. Yes. <laughs> like all his hearts got full and it's gonna slash you. When he got the sword, an old man gave him the sword of the cave. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> he, he, gonna, he, gonna, he gonna have some glass jars that he need to put some shit in. But like, sir, so, why do you have these glass jars in this sword? He got a fairy in it. <laughs> yes. Why is that chicken following you? What is happening here? He held a sword over his head and went. Dun, 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 dun. Right. We're like, sir, you can't kick the chicken. Stop it. <laughs> the whole time he was breaking in uh, the house, you could hear. Yes. Everybody was confused. They was like, where's this music coming from? <laughs> Why does he have his fucking sword? I don't know. It was, uh, luckily, he didn't have three hearts because he could have shot a beam out of the sword at the cops. I'm and then now you hit somebody. And mm. somebody was like, I don't know how I got, I got hit. He he waved the sword and all of a sudden I just got struck. He I don't was, understand how or why. He was def just... deflecting stones from an octo rock <laughs> yes. with a shield. He had a mask on with all the colors. I don't understand. Just he said, confused. He kept yelling about Gandalf or something. I don't know. Again. <laughs> yes. Princess Zelda? What? Who is Zelda? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Link from a uh, Link. Uh, uh, I'll say Gandalf. I meant Ganon. But a uh, Link uh, from the past uh, was out here. Um, he was looking for the ocarina. <laughs> ocarina time. <laughs> but like, but like, all of a sudden he pulled out a flute and played it, and he disappeared. Nobody <laughs> know what happened to him. Right. <laughs> the, the seasons changed. Uh, yes, all of a sudden, it was October and nobody knows why. He, we in December. He waked the wind on our ass and then he just flew off. <laughs> yes. When officers got to the area, the man appeared to be in crisis and suddenly approached the officer and the police and struck, struck the driver's door with the sword, damaging the vehicle. 
Uh, police say the man refused orders to drop the sword. Instead, he walked away from officers and broke the windshield of a car parked on the block. When officers threatened to use a 40 millimeter launcher, a less than lethal device used to fire beanbags and similar ammo, the man dropped the sword and surrendered to police. So he wasn't that crazy. The man was transported to the medical center for evaluation before he was booked into the jail. Um, so, yeah, that is wild as fuck y'all be careful out here okay you see a dude in a green tunic come uh, on what oh, shit you better run my nigga right with, 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 with some leather boots on you better run he might be trying to level up all right y'all that's mm-hmm. it the next episode we do will be a feedback show um programming note for premium people no balls deep this week um but uh and just the tippers i'll y'all will get something either probably the nerd off from last week or something but uh yeah and i will get some movie reviews out to everybody uh that's premium this week as well um and that's it so um until the feedback show i love you i love you too